Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hi, this is Karen and Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools that they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Today, we are talking about a spirit-filled marriage. This is the Spirit-Filled Marriage series. We're talking about God's purpose for marriage. Now, this is this is an extremely important teaching. And one day, Karen, I was in my office. You know, I've, I've been doing marriage teaching for 38 years. And this was probably about five years ago uh, when I originally did this message. And the Lord asked me a question one day. I was praying, and he said, why did I create marriage? Well, I didn't have an answer. I mean, I, I drew a blank. And I thought, well, you've created it to, you know, so we'd have somebody to spend our lives with. And he took me to Genesis chapter 1, and it absolutely blew me away uh, when I went and saw that. Now, this teaching gives you a higher view of marriage. And sometimes sometimes we get in the little story. We're just trapped in the little story of our lives. And we forget marriage is the first institution God ever created in Genesis 1. It's the first thing he did when he created a mankind mm-hmm. is he put them together in a marriage and Satan attacked it two chapters later. Mm-hmm. And so God, this marriage is the foundation of society. It's the foundation of our lives, except for our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Except for my relationship with Jesus, you're the most important person in my life. Is So marriage is a big deal, but there's a reason why God created marriage beyond what we think. I mean, it's and it's very clear in the scriptures. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So my encouragement to every uh, everyone listening right now is to just open your minds to get a broader concept of marriage. And the other thing I want to say about this, this comes from the Spirit-Filled Marriage series, and that is I want, I want to encourage you to be a marriage evangelist. We live in a world where there are so many people down on marriage everything God loves, the devil hates. Mm -hmm. Everything God wants to do, the devil wants to undo. And we see an attack on marriage in our society. And I know that if you're married, you've also felt the attacks on your own marriage. You can fight the devil and you can win, but you need to understand what you're fighting against and you need to understand what you're fighting for. So this is a big deal, Karen. Well, and I just look at our own life. You know, we started out barely making it. We almost got divorced. And we did, we chose to begin to, to trust God and to heal our marriage, heal our lives. And then we started implementing those things, those principles that we teach. That's why we have them, is because we started doing them in our own life. And, you know, we decided to be the opposite of what we had come from. And through that, you know, it was hard. I mean, we had a strong-willed daughter. We had a son that was... You know, you know, kids are kids. And so in our marriage, we still had challenges through our marriage. But we kept coming back to choosing what God says. And the more you choose that, the more you're going to see the fruit of your labors. And so now we can look at our life and we can say, we have a fabulous marriage. Our kids are strong Christians. Their children are Christians. They're, they're living a good life. And yes, they have challenges. But for the most part, 
They are healthy. They're going to be part of a generation that they're going to be able to pass down to their kids. Again, what God can do in a, in a family that trusts God and believes that that you know these are the these are the principles that work. These are the principles uh, that do make a difference in the family. Well, when you when you dedicate yourself to have a great marriage, not a perfect marriage, mm-hmm. and you work at it, mm-hmm. your life gets better and better and better. We were talking about this the other day, Karen. And, you know, and we're not better than anybody. We don't want to be self-righteous or prideful. We know people in our family uh, and in our lives that it is absolutely tragic how their lives have gone from bad to worse. Mm -hmm. And they all make bad decisions. They all live in their little selfish story. And their lives just get sadder and sadder and sadder. And by God's grace... Uh, we have lived our lives for the Lord, and we've lived our lives building marriage. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that we did. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we fought for our marriage. I'm so glad that we lived our lives championing marriage and helping people in marriages. I want to say again, see, we, we almost divorced. Mm-hmm. But when the Lord healed our marriage, people started coming. Our people in our church just started coming to us for counseling. We never told anybody we could help anybody. You're, you're a role model to more people than you know. And my encouragement to you is listen to this message I want you to get marriage on the inside of you, not just for yourself. I want you to get marriage on the inside of you because this is what our society needs. They need Jesus and they need marriage. If you give people Jesus and marriage, you've made them rich. If you give them Jesus without marriage, they're gonna you know, live for eternity, but on their way there, they're gonna have a miserable life. And so marriage is essential. God did it in the very beginning and he did it for a purpose. And so if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a, a review. But here's the teaching now on God's purpose for marriage. If you're tired of endlessly scrolling through mundane TV shows, searching for something fresh and inspiring, I get it. Time is too valuable to waste on mind-numbing content. It's time to invest in something new. Allow me to introduce you to Hillsdale College. They're offering over 40 free online courses covering essential and enduring subjects. Think C.S. Lewis, the Book of Genesis, the essence of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, and the ancient Christian church. And here's the kicker. These courses won't cost you a penny. They're absolutely free. Now I want to share a personal recommendation. American citizenship and its decline with Victor Davis Hanson. In this insightful eight-lecture course, Victor explores the history of Western citizenship and the challenges it faces today, from the vanishing middle class to the rise of globalist organizations and much more. Here's the deal, friends. Head over to hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage right now to kick off your free course. It's simple to get started and it won't cost you a dime. That's hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage, the gateway to beginning your learning journey. Don't miss this chance to invest your time in something truly meaningful. Join Hillsdale College and let's start expanding our horizons together. In the midst of our busy lives, it's easy to neglect our skin. But One Skin, our sponsor today, is on a mission to simplify skincare while delivering profound results. One Skin's secret weapon, their proprietary OS01 peptide. This groundbreaking ingredient doesn't just mask skin issues, it targets them at a cellular level. We've always struggled with finding products that actually deliver on their promises, but One Skin blew us away with its results. We've used it primarily on our face and neck, and the difference is incredible. But don't just take my word for it. One Skin's commitment to skin longevity is backed by solid science. Their research 
research has shown that the OS-01 peptide can reduce the number of sensitive cells by up to 50%, effectively reversing skin's biological age. Invest in the health and longevity of your skin with one skin. As a listener of our show, you can snag an exclusive 15% off your first purchase using code MARRIAGE at oneskin.co. That's oneskin.co with code MARRIAGE. After you make your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please do us a solid and let them know we sent you. Let's support each other in the journey to healthier, happier skin. Remember, one skin isn't just about skin care. It's about skin longevity. Say hello to a brighter, more youthful you. The institution of marriage is more important than the institution of the church. We can't build this church on unhealthy marriages. It's more important than the institution of government. Our government's falling apart because families are falling apart across America. We don't have enough money to take care of the problems that broken families are causing. It's more important than finance. It's more important than anything else. And so this is the institution that God set apart for himself. Now listen to me just a minute. So you say, well, marriage is first of all for God. Absolutely. It is set apart for God, number one. The number one reason that Karen and I are married is for God. The number one reason that Karen and I are married is not for our own pleasure. It's not to get our needs met. It's not about us. The number one reason that we are married and we stay married is because we want our marriage to glorify Jesus Christ. That's the reason that we're married. But listen, when it's no longer about God, you can justify anything. And the reason that our culture is so dramatically changing uh, in people living together, in different types of marriages and living situations, the reason that we're changing is no longer about God, it's about us. Sexuality is an example. Did you know that your sexuality was created first of all for God? And that kind of surprises some people. It's like, wait, wait, Jimmy, you're saying that God created our sexuality for him? Absolutely. The only thing that God gets out of all of creation is a family. And the way that God gets that family is through our sexuality. Before our sexuality is about us, it's about God. And I'm telling you that marriage is sacred, and I'm telling you that the mother's womb is sacred. It is a sacred place where God Almighty is working. And so God, God is coming now to the children of Israel, and he's saying, this is no longer about me now. This is no longer about you honoring me and you serving me and mar your marriage honoring me and you're committing abominations and you're profaning the holy institution that I love. And here's what I'm saying to you, because all, you know, all of us have issues in the area of marriage and none of us are perfect. But I'm saying, if you will love marriage, God will bless you. If you will make your marriage and your sexuality about God, God will bless you. This is a holy institution that he loves. And to the degree, listen, I want to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Anybody with me? God loves marriage. And as Christian people, we can't get down on marriage. We can't be like the world. We have got to be defenders and supporters of the holy institution that God loves. And God has a perfect plan for marriage. And this is what we love to tell people all over the world. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. God never creates anything to fail. God never creates anything to hurt people. Marriage is wonderful when you do it God's way. God is telling us right here why he created marriage. Genesis 1:26. God said, let us, now notice there the plural, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creep on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So Genesis 1 now is a big overview of creation. And in Genesis 1, we're shown that God created them male and female in his image. And he gave them dominion, so on and so forth. In Genesis 2 now, it's the detail. Adam is created first. He names all the animals on the earth. A helper is not found suitable for him. Then God takes a rib out and creates Eve. And so the detail of Genesis 1 related to marriage is found in Genesis chapter 2. So let me tell you the four purposes of marriage. Here's why God created marriage. Number one is to replicate God's nature and image on the earth. So God wanted the earth to be full of his image. And the first thing that God ever said now in verse 26 is, let, God said, let us, let us make man in our image. The word God, there's the word Elohim. Now there's many words for God or Lord in the Bible, but this word is the word Elohim. And when you find a Hebrew word that has I am on the end of it, it's masculine plural. It's talking about a group of men, like the Nephilim. We talked about the giants, the Nephilim. I am means a group of men. And so God, Elohim, was speaking among himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he said, let us make man in our image. And then he says, he made them male and female in his image. And so let me have uh, my couple come up, Matt and Amy Spears, and also we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit here. And they're gonna help us to understand this. Amy, come on, stand with me. And Matt, stand right over here if you would, Pastor Matt. Stand right over here. And then this is Lee Cummings. This is our friend Lee Cummings from Kalamazoo, Michigan, Radiant Church. Give him a big hand. And he, come right over here. Stand right here. This is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right here. Y'all stand close, shoulder to shoulder, because you're one. Remember that. Okay, there you go. So Elohim here, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, triune God. Our God is three in one, right? Everybody with me? Okay, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is standing in the Jordan River. The Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. They're one, but they're three persons, okay? So Elohim, in Genesis chapter one, said, let us make man in our image. So what God was trying to do when he made marriage was to replicate this, okay? So... Here's Adam over here. This is Pastor Adam. This is Adam and Eve. Okay. So here's, here's Pastor Matt. So Adam, Elohim, oh, stand over there. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't waving at you, sorry. Um, <laughs> stay, stay one. So Elohim says, let us make man in our image. So Elohim makes Adam. And in Genesis 2.18, out of all of creation, in Genesis, the end of Genesis 1, God saw all that he made. He said, it's very good, except for this. In Genesis 2.18, Elohim looks at this and said, that's not good. That's not good. It's not good for that man. Why? Let me ask you a question. Does this look like this? Answer is no. Okay. This doesn't look like that, does it? So the Lord took a rib out of Adam's side and he made Eve. Okay, so here's Eve. Well, let me ask you a question. Now look at this. Three in one. Does this look like this? The answer is no, it doesn't. 
Let me ask you a question. But what if you had a Christ-like man, a Holy Spirit-like woman, and God in the middle? Does this look like this? It does. So Elohim said, let us make man in our image. And he made a Christ-like man, a Holy Spirit-like woman, and he was in the middle of it. And when God sees a Christian marriage, this is what he sees. And when the devil sees a Christian marriage, this is what he sees. And when Adam was by himself, the devil never attacked him. And Adam was on the earth for quite a while before Eve because he named all the animals before she was there. But as soon as this woman showed up, the devil saw this and he attacked their marriage in Genesis 3. And Genesis 3 is not the, the record of the fall of man. If the devil would have attacked Adam by himself, that would have been the fall of man. Genesis 3 is the record of the fall of marriage. When Satan saw the image of God being replicated in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he went crazy. And this is why he hates your marriage, because your marriage looks like God. Elohim made this so the whole earth would be full of the image of God. Thank you guys. Great job. Yeah. That's such a great picture to get in your head. Because when, you, when you're reading the Bible and it says, let us make man our image, and he makes Adam and Eve, it's like, what, what, how does that work? Marriage is a threat to the kingdom of Satan. Everything God does in society, he does on the foundation of marriage. And the devil understands that, and he's a strategist, so he knows if he's going to have his way on the earth, he has to destroy marriage. In 1947, Carl Zimmerman, who is a Harvard sociologist, he issued a report in 1947 warning America that we were going the same way as Rome, Greece, Egypt, Babylon, Samaria, and all the great civilizations that fell from within. And he was a sociologist. He understood world history. And so he said, in, he studied every major civilization that became great and then fell from within. And here's what he says. Every society that becomes great becomes great on a conservative biblical model. It doesn't matter if they were Christians or not. Rome, Greece, Egypt, Babylon, all of them became great when they had strong families and strong marriages. And every family, every society that falls from within has the same seven things that they do. Now, let me say this another way. We're not enlightened as a society. We're going down the same dark alley as all those other societies did. And liberal laws are leading us there. When I say liberal, I'm not saying Democrat or Republican. I'm just saying liberal. They're, they're against the word of God. So here are the seven signs of an atomistic age. This is Carl Zimmerman. This is a Harvard sociologist in 1947 that was warning us back then that we were going the wrong way. Here's the number one sign, what he calls an atomistic age, that means it's falling apart. Marriage loses its sacredness as it is frequently broken by divorce. That's the number one thing that happens. The devil, again, he's a strategist. He knows if he can destroy marriage, he can destroy society. So the first thing that happens when the devil begins to destroy society, marriage loses its sacredness. Number two, the traditional meaning of marriage is lost. And alternative forms of marriage, you know, cohabitation, all those things become. Number three, the feminist movement abounds. And women lose their inclination for childbearing. Did you know in Japan, in Italy, in Germany, in the Netherlands, they're depopulating? They are not having enough children to replace themselves. 
In a society, you have to have 2.3 children per couple to keep your population what it is. That's what we have in America right now. We are not, we are not uh, increasing in population. We're not having enough children to do that. But did you know that before societies depopulate, all of them have liberal family laws? And this is what happens. Women become feminists because marriage, marriage makes women feel secure. It makes them feel secure to have children and that the husband's gonna be there to help them raise the kids. But when there's no marriage, the, children, the women lose their inclination for that. Number four, there's an increased public disrespect for parents. And if, is that happening? Yeah. Number five, there's an increase in juvenile delinquency, promiscuity, and rebellion. Number six, the hostility of pseudo-intellectuals to the traditional family soon spreads to the common people, sealing the doom for society. By the way, pseudo-intellectuals, that's what he calls liberals, okay? Is they think they're smart, but they're not. Now, in marriage, our headquarters of marriage there in South Lake, Texas, uh, in Dallas, and so um, we have a Marriage on the Rock certification course that I teach a couple, two or three times a year, and people come in from all over the world to, to that course, and so we had this couple that flew in uh, to come to the course, and they were checking into their hotel. And the man behind the counter of the hotel said, well, what brings you to Southlake? And they said, well, we're here for Jimmy Evans' marriage course. And the guy behind the counter said, ha, does anybody care about marriage anymore? Contempt for marriage has spread to the common people in our society. It's no longer just think tank people at Harvard or somewhere else. The average person in America today no longer believes in marriage. By the way, in 1930, 83% of adult Americans were married. Today, 49.7% of adult Americans are married. Most adults in America are not married right now. Number seven, there's an increased acceptance of adultery and sexual perversion. And every society that has fallen from within has those seven things. Let me ask you a question. Do we have those seven things? We have every single one of them. Let me say this. America is not doomed because Jesus Christ is still Lord in heaven. And we believe that God, if, but let me go back to number one. It says that marriage loses its sacredness. We are fighting at marriage today to raise the standard to make marriage sacred again in our society and help people understand what it is. And that's even what I'm doing right now with you in this message. I know you believe in marriage. I know you're Christian people and believe in it. But I'm saying we must stand for marriage. Because when marriage falls, society falls. This is number three reason for marriage is to generationally perpetuate the nature of God and the values of his kingdom. Marriage makes us act like God and look like God. Marriage causes us to behave differently. And anybody here who's married and successfully married, here's, here are the things that marriage requires of us. Number one is sacrifice. Mar marriage doesn't work for selfish people. If you're selfish, stay single. I'm just saying it will not, marriage is brutal on selfish people. Number one is sacrifice. Marriage is a covenant and the word covenant means to cut. It means a sacrificial permanent relationship. The second thing that marriage requires is commitment. That's why a lot of people live together. They not get married, they're not committed. If you're committed, you'll get married. And so it requires commitment. God says in Hebrews 13, five, day one of our relationship, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. How many of you are glad that God's committed to us like that? Anybody glad? I'm glad. I will never, on your worst day, he will never leave you or forsake you. That's what you call commitment. It's godlike. Service, we have to serve each other. Selflessness, cooperation, faithfulness, and generosity. God put his image on Adam and Eve and then commanded them to multiply. Before they were uh, qualified to multiply, they had to bear God's image. Well, part of that is what I showed you earlier. The other part was his character. 
Parents are image bearers to their children of God. And when parents are married and their their marriage is full of sacrifice and cooperation and service and selflessness, children are seeing the image of God. And not only will the children love the parents, but also the children will love God. But when society rejects marriage, we're not just rejecting marriage, we're rejecting the character of God in our society and in our homes. And when I said earlier that one of the signs of an atomistic age is uh, rebellion in children and disrespect of authority, you know why children become rebellious and disrespectful toward authority is there's nothing to respect. Their parents are so selfish that their parents value their own pleasure over their children's well-being. You know, there comes a point in a child's life that they really just don't care how happy we are. They care that we're, we're there and we do our job. And for children to be healthy, they need parents that are willing to sacrifice for their well-being and not lay them on the altar of their pleasure. And that's what's happening a lot in our culture. Number four, to multiply God's human family with righteous offspring. And God says it. This is Malachi 2. Did he not make them one? Talking about a married couple. Having a remnant of the spirit by his spirit, he make them one. And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Marriage is best for kids. And at the end of the day, children, when a marriage fails, children are hurt by that. And our society devalues that. And I know that there are single parents here, and single parents can raise terrific kids. But you know, it's harder. It's harder because you're by yourself. But so the Heritage Foundation released a report talking about marriage and its effect on children. And here's part of their report here. Because when God says, I want them to be one in marriage, why? Because I want righteous offspring. Here's what the Heritage Foundation, a think tank, says about uh, parents and children. Children raised in intact families have on an average higher academic achievement, better emotional health, and fewer behavioral problems. Fathers of intact families spend on average more time with their children. Teens who frequently have dinner with their families are at lower risk for substance abuse. Adolescents from intact families are less likely to become sexually active. Children raised in intact families by happily married parents tend to be more religious in adulthood. Children raised in intact families are more likely to have stable and healthy romantic relationships as adults. Intact families are more likely to provide a safer home for children. Married mothers tend to create a better home environment for their infants. Married mothers are less likely to experience abuse and violence. And married fathers tend to have better psychological well-being. Well, you, you may be divorced and remarried. Great. You're not. That's great. This, this might not be your first marriage. Maybe it's your third or fourth. I hope it's your last. And I hope you'll fight for it. And if you are divorced and single, I hope that you will believe God to bring you a spouse that you can have this kind of marriage. I would be divorced if it weren't for the grace of God. So I'm not being self-righteous. All I'm saying is children are better off when they have their parents. They need their mom and dad. And the reason the devil attacks your marriage, number one is because it looks like God. Number two is it makes you act like God. And number three is he wants to break your child's heart. We must fight for the holy institution that God loves. And if we've made mistakes, thank God that we have a forgiving God. And if we're broken right now, thank, thank God that we have a redemptive God that can put us back together. But we as believers and we as a society, we must come back to the place of understanding marriage is not just another relationship. It is the foundation of society and it is the holy institution that God loves. Somebody say amen. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. 
If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out xomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.